1: Nice, Murdery Murdery day. Day. <laughs> hey Hey <what's> <laughs> <laughs> How you doing?
0: <sighs> happy Wednesday.
1: Yeah. Happy there are Wednesday. exactly
0: seven days until the best day of the year, which is <laughs> Halloween. Right. Halloween, Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Do, 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 do. In this town. We You've already got your,
1: your costumes lined up. And I've already worn it once. You've already worn one. We already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. You're getting into the Halloween spirit.
0: Everyone hail to the pumpkin throne. Right, right. It is the one night that this house is open to all. Yep. <laughs> Anyone want to come over? Get <laughs> drunk? Just,
1: just come over. <laughs> um this is Mystery Murdery yes, Thingy. Yes, this is
0: Mystery Murdery Thingy. I'm Chloe. I'm
1: Mario. That's Mario. That's Chloe.
0: Um, We talk about mysteries.
1: And murderies.
0: And thingies. Lots
1: of thingies.
0: So many thingies.
1: Yeah. Um, like you last week with the oceans. Yes, we talked
0: about oceans. Not
1: uh-huh. oceans.
0: We talked about the weird shit in the ocean.
1: Right, right.
0: There's also literal shit in the ocean lots of it isn't that nice
1: also lots of plastic
0: oh there's a okay i heard that the island the the like there's, island it's the size of texas or something like more crazy than like one, that but
1: yeah there's like the really one really there's big more one more
0: than one well
1: it's where the, the gyres you know it's like where the ocean vortexes like meet up you know and it collects all the crap but there's like the one really really big one yeah
0: Ew. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if my retainer's in there.
1: Probably. Most likely.
0: That's so nasty.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Hum- humans are a destructive uh, force on the earth. That's true.
0: But um, part of my weird <laughs> shit in the news has to do with oceans.
1: Oh, really? That's cool. What does mine have to do with? We'll find out at the end. Gotta stay till the end. Yeah, you
0: have to stay till the end. Anyway.
1: This is the end.
0: Do you go first or second or third or fourth?
1: My only, um, I, I'll i go first. Sure.
0: You'll go fourth? I'll
1: go Great. first.
0: I'll go first.
1: Why not? Do you want to rock, paper, scissors or what? Okay. Okay.
0: Ready? Yeah. On shoot. Okay. Right. okay.
1: Rock, rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, my God! <laughs> Remember, we can't edit this. We've tied, like, three times in a row. Okay. Okay, rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Yes. Okay, you go first.
0: I'm going first. Okay. <clears throat>
1: Thank you. That was awful. Thank you for bearing through our game of fucking rock, paper, scissors. That was awful. <laughs> the best radio content we could ever possibly we, it's imagine. It's because
0: we're the same person.
1: It's true. <laughs> it's we are, like, kind of the same.
0: Um. Okay, so I'm talking about... The kidnapping of Sherry Papini. Now, okay. this is quite odd, and it is a mystery, and I wish I... It's one of those where it's frustrating that it's a mystery. Like, I wish it wasn't. Ooh. Ooh. I want to know. I want to know. Can you show me? This is a singing episode. because I just got back from a rehearsal. I
1: know, right? Singing
0: rehearsal.
1: Singing, singing. I want
0: to know about the strangers like
1: me. Good for you.
0: Phil Collins? Anyone? Good for you. Pudum but um but bum bum ch- ch- I can feel it. Come okay, we're moving on. Mario's <laughs> Um I don't know how to describe <laughs> this dancing.
1: <laughs> Terrible.
0: Okay, so um if anything can be lighthearted, it's this because it's a survival story.
1: Okay, cool. But
0: it's not lighthearted. Okay. Alright, so. Oh, it didn't happen. It happened in 2016, so very recently. November 2nd, 2016, Redding, California. So Sherry Pepini, um, 34, was jogging. She normally does. And she was allegedly abducted. She wasn't seen again. So her husband, Keith, um, becomes worried when he he comes home from work. And he knows something is wrong immediately because he can't find her. Um so what he does is he tracks her phone like the find my iPhone. He finds it. He finds the phone and he finds earbuds on the trail at the intersection of Sunset Drive and Old Oregon Trail and it's about a mile from their home. So he went to the police and because it hadn't it hadn't been that long and she's an adult they put her as a volunteer. They mm, what is it? Voluntary missing adult. Mm. Um, but like they always do, they look at the husband first. Of course. Um, but uh, Keith, uh, he is uh, a good dude. He's cooperative. Um, he tells the police everything, but he's still not ruled out.
1: Because it is usually the husband. Like truly, like. Most of the time, it's just, like, it's the husband or, or the wife you know. or the family member, you know? Like, you like, Yeah. 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 Yeah, when, um, if y'all haven't listened to the most recent MFM, sorry, I'm gonna spoil it, but the, I can't remember if it was Karen or George's, she, like, started telling it, and it was, like, you know, the whole thing where the husband and wife were found together, they were both shot, but then it was, like, you kind of get the sense that it was, like, oh, it's going to end up being the husband. <laughs> like, you just hear, it's just, like, a story that recurs, you know, where it's, like, they were both attacked, but, oh, the husband is the only one who knows what happened, and he claims it was, like, some black guy or some Hispanic guy. Yep. And Classic. then you're just immediately, like, oh, fuck, it was the husband. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, it was. So
0: this big old black dude walks in. Oh, so it was you.
1: <laughs> you right, right. Okay, right, cool. Right. Cool, 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 cool.
0: Um... <laughs> She was killed in, like, this, like, upscale California home. It was,
1: it was three three Mexican guys. Yeah. Anyway. We've been kidnapped.
0: <laughs> so, Keith puts up a GoFundMe.
1: Okay. For
0: an independent investigation because he feels... Him and also the rest of the family felt that the police weren't doing their job, that what was going on was inadequate. Even though the police at this point still think that she wasn't abducted. Okay. Um, like I said, she was put as a voluntary missing adult. So three weeks later, after all this panicking, all this searching, this investigation, Thanksgiving morning, Sherry Pepini was found. So what happened was she was had been tipped out of a car in yolo county 150 miles south of where she lived her her nose was broken her she'd be beautiful long locks chopped off and she weighed 87 pounds what? there were signs of starvation she had been beaten and she was branded on her left shoulder which is typical of sex trafficking
1: oh my god
0: so this is where the case becomes a little bit weird. Sherry was not forthcoming about her whereabouts at all. She had the classic, I mean, not classic, does not that's not the right word. But the story was that she was blindfolded from where, because she didn't know where she was. And uh, she told the sheriff that she was taken by two Hispanic women. Who wore masks and kept their faces hidden from her the entire time. They either kept their faces hidden from her or they blindfolded her. Um, or their heads were covered or her head was covered. So meanwhile, the um, GFM GoFundMe, I was trying to figure out what that meant. Go, <laughs> the GoFundMe, re- okay, so yeah, the GoFundMe remains active for a year. They raise about $50,000 total and then an anonymous donor offers another fifty thousand dollars to help bring sherry back so this is like before she was found like during this like three week period an an anonymous donor donates fifty thousand dollars so it was used as a reverse ransom so we'll give you this money if you bring back sherry um, investigators were like, This is not a good idea. Yeah, that seems like it's very gonna bring weird. in like scam artists, it's gonna bring in untrustworthy people, you're right. gonna it's gonna bring trouble and it's not gonna bring back share. I
1: mean, have you ever seen the big Lebowski? Like, dude, she kidnapped herself. The dude. Like, haven't you ever considered the possibility? Like, come on.
0: And that's why I mean she was wasn't even marked as kidnapped at first, abducted so the police
1: could smell some bullshit yes
0: yes. yeah yeah so the money went unclaimed all of it um the a non-donor then offered six figures through a youtube video and i'll explain this i'll explain this more yeah Um, because
1: this is very strange it is strange (laughs) where is this coming from
0: and 24 hours later she was found on the highway hmm so just
1: like walking along the highway
0: yeah no, no, no. She, okay, I think what happened was she was found by, like, a, a, a trucker, and he, like, saw her hand, like, on the curb, and she was, like, bring yeah, like, some zombie shit. Yeah. The fuck? Really scary stuff. Can you imagine? No. Exactly. So, and no one ever claimed that money, either. There huh. was no money ever claimed. Weird. So, Theories. It's going to be kind of short today. Because this was one was very strange. There wasn't a lot going on. It only happened um, in in a three-week period. So the main theory is that it was an inside job and a promotion for this guy named Cameron Gamble. So let's talk about this dude. He um, is a government security contractor. He worked with the family. So he believed that Sherry was picked up by a sex trafficking ring and he believed that it was targeting people down the I-5 to Mexico. So what's weird about Cameron Gamble is that he acted as the middleman with the anonymous donor. Like they were the people that were in communication so he's the one who had the YouTube video. In the YouTube video, he calls himself an international kidnap and ransom consultant. Mm. So this is what he says, quote, My name is Cameron Gamble, and I'm an international kidnap and ran- ransom consultant, end quote. Um, quote, I've been retained by an, an individual who wishes to remain anonymous, an individual who has come forward to offer a cash reward for a ransom for Sherry Pepini's safe return to her family. End quote.
1: So the theory here would be that they made up the whole thing to promote this guy's business where he like recovers kidnapped people. Yes. Like, look, oh, look how well I recovered this person. Yes. You know, but really it was just like, but she was actually branded.
0: Yes. That's what's also weird about this was she, Sherry was hurt. She was legitimately, she came back starved, starved, beaten, branded.
1: But this whole story of the two Hispanic women, like, that didn't hold up, right?
0: No, and it also doesn't... Because I remember hearing
1: about this one before. Right, right. Yeah. And it
0: also doesn't match the M.O., or not the M.O., the demographic, the, the what's the word? The, 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 the profile. Reg, the profile. The profile of sex traffickers.
1: Mm, yes and no. I think sex traffickers come in a lot of different shapes and sizes.
0: That's true, especially when it comes to recruitment.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about sex workers, I, my understanding is people are sex trafficked by women as well as men in the sex work in the sex trafficking world.
0: Yes, because women tend to be less give off less of a concern, less of a a bad vibe. Sometimes it's like that
1: episode of Supernatural where. What's her name? Alex? She's, like, the one who, like, draws the men in. She's, like, the honeypot, you know?
0: I don't remember.
1: Remember? She, like, goes out and finds the men. She, like, tells them she's going to bring them back to her house. And then the vampires...
0: Right, right. You remember her name?
1: Well, it's, it's, like, she becomes, like, a main character.
0: Is Alex... I think. Castiel's daughter, the blonde... Who
1: are you uh, talking about? Maybe. Oh, wait. Maybe no, that's a different character. I no, think you're talking about a different character. Oh, never mind. There's so many things in Supernatural. There's sorry. so, <laughs> so many. much. So many, so many. Oh, wow.
0: Uh... But it's
1: that whole idea of you You get the young woman or the woman or or it's a couple. Right, right. You know, somehow you put the person at ease. For, like, I'm listening to um, The Stranger Beside Me right now, the end the Rule book about uh, Ted Bundy. And, like... That's how he would do it, right? He's, like, really nice and good-looking. And he would wear a cast on his arm, or he would dress as a policeman. And it's, like, this common thing that, like... Yeah, and by the way, if somebody tells you they're a policeman and you ask them for their ID and they don't show it to you or they you ask them what their name is or their badge number and they don't tell you
0: boom red flag
1: get a real policeman like do not believe them do not go in their car especially if they don't have a fucking police car like that's what it was with him he was like trying to oh, get yeah, this girl to bug go with or him but he just had a bug he didn't even have a real police car so she was eventually the girl well at least in the one instance was like no and like ran away yeah which it's so weird with him, not to get on up on a whole tangent about no, Ted no, Bundy, no. but that he, if women would, like, give him any resistance, he would just walk away. You know, like, when he, he, well, like he went, didn't want... went to the beach that day and, like, yeah. abducted those two girls, there were, like, a bunch of, he stopped, like, a dozen different <sighs> young women, and, like, ten of them said no, and two of them said yes. Oh, my god! Yeah, which I know is so sad. But the ten who said no, he was just like, oh, okay, and then walked away and, like, tried to find someone else. It's, like, so fucking creepy, uh, the whole thing. But it's a really good book. It's been really good yeah. so far. Yeah, and
0: they talk about his eyes, right? How he mm-hmm. had these crazy eyes.
1: Exactly. Yeah, women would be like, oh, this guy's, like, he's fine. He's, like, this youngish, you know, attractive white guy, Right well-dressed well-spoken but then they would see his eyes and be like oh wait fuck there's something wrong with this person yeah. <laughs> i need to get the fuck away from him yeah
0: oh that's so bizarre
1: <laughs> i know right okay. um okay so are there are other theories besides the
0: well trumping up this
1: guy's business there's
0: more to this remember oh, you okay. were okay mario was with me when i was researching this okay and remember i was like super frustrated and i was like i don't mm-hmm. i don't know what to think of this i don't know what to think of this person right so
1: you were talking about the guy, like the, yeah, yeah, this
0: Cameron Gamble dude, right? So there's a, a little Seems bit Seems like he might more. be kind of a, a huckster, a shyster. Yeah, yeah. So his actual record of being a like a ransom, an international kidnapping ransom consultant, quote up whatever. Right.
1: So it's a very it's, made up sounding title. It's
0: vague. There's not oh, yeah, a lot to go on.
1: Right. So he wasn't like in the Masood or something, right?
0: No. No. I have a lot of abbreviations in my notes. Leaves AF. What
1: <laughs> leaves as fuck?
0: <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Leaves AF in 2005, founded Okay, yes. So he founded a project called Taken. Which this is very weird. Which, Give
1: my daughter back. <laughs> <laughs> give me back my daughter. Give me back my daughter.
0: <laughs> Which was an anti abduction.
1: <laughs> that is not. I wasn't trying to do a Liam Neeson voice, okay? I know that's I'm just the doing problem. the quote. I'm just doing the Doesn't quote. Doesn't
0: he have that, like, whole yeah. monologue that's like, give me famous, my daughter like,
1: back? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm
0: like, I'm a Navy secret. I can break your arm in six places and Probably. I Probably. Is that?
1: I believe I'm that. not even
0: close. Anyway, so this is, like I said, this is odd. Okay. So it's this anti abduction program that claimed to provide training to law enforcement on quote non-coercive interrogation techniques end quote so he said that his project was accredited by the department of criminal justice services but that doesn't exist i was
1: gonna say that sounds very made up
0: that's not a thing right um he also had these bizarre video ads for this project and I was I was watching one of them and it was almost like a movie trailer. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe it. So the video ad was basically this this girl she walks by like a poster and she glances at it, says like project taken, like you don't have to be one of these like one in twelve girls are abducted all over the world every day or something, some statistic or like and she looks at it and she just like ignores it and keeps moving. And then she gets kidnapped but um by like this guy and he like sits her down in a chair and ties her up and says like I was watching you and he was like you shouldn't have ignored me you've ignored me and like we it, it it's like very in-depth oh, yeah I think I saw remember? you remember wh- yeah, yeah yeah as in like an ad for an abduction program like it very strange it, it was like a criminal minds episode for a right, while right um so the there are blog posts and the blog post says that it's a 501 C3 nonprofit, but uh so I went on what was it? Daily Mail Daily Beast. I wanted the Daily Beast. So Daily Beast is not the best source, but I did click right. off of their other sources I'd and say it was it's, more. It's like a middle grade source. Yeah, it was more like, the links that they had about the stuff they were saying was better than the actual article itself. But the article had, like, a lot more information. That's where I mainly got the stuff about Cameron Gamble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, the report is there. They couldn't locate um anything under that name. They couldn't find his his project. They are like, this isn't a thing. Mm. So, what's the question here? Is he is he pulling this for fame? Was it was it all fake, is Sherry in on it or did he or did he like see something and irresponsibly jump into something that was real? Mhm. Um which is what I think. So it seems that he always thinks that he has a better grip on things than the law enforcement does. And that was kind of a motif throughout this investigation, was that the law enforcement was not, they were not happy with this guy. Mm -hmm. They were like, you're handling things wrong, you're going out of your way to do something that's potentially dangerous that you don't even know if it's going to work.
1: Right. Well, and police always say, typically, right, don't pay ransoms. So to proactively... Really? yeah, t- that's what t- typically they they say i I think i think that's typically the problem i'm not obviously a law enforcement professional or anything like that but i think the thinking is that a what's the guarantee you're actually going to get this person back right 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 you know um, like you could give away
0: fifty thousand dollars and they won't come back like, right you exactly
1: know. you know and and be like it I think it's just the idea that you don't work on their terms, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole reason why the United States doesn't, you know, um, pay ransoms. You know, it's like when you you start doing that, you're like encouraging people to do it. I guess they mm-hmm. they don't want to like feed into that cycle of like making the crime pay, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So from from the law enforcement perspective, I think they just can't like get involved with it.
0: So. Uh, Cameron Gamble filed for bankruptcy in 2012. Um, So Project Taken ended up costing more money than it got. So this is from the Daily Beast article. Quote, he promised to bring an added supernatural approach when training, quote, those who dare to pierce the darkness with the light of the gospel, end quote. Elsewhere, Gamble is described as, quote, training Christian missionary groups on how to stay safe while traveling in some of the most primitive and heavily persecuted regions in the world, end quote. So here's another weird aspect of this. His project, his whole little organization, was backed by a local church.
1: Hmm. What was their angle on this? Were they trying to get money out of it too? Or?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. So, like I said, the money was never claimed, but. This Gamble,
1: anonymous donor. Yes. Who even knows if they ever even had any money?
0: Right, right. Ooh.
1: Happy 11
0: o'clock. It's 11 o'clock, everybody.
1: 11 o'clock, and all's well.
0: Time to take your crazy pills. <laughs> All right. So, the money was never claimed, but Gamble believes that his tactics helped. Like, the ransoming and stuff helped her come back because she did come back. She was dumped off 24 hours later. But still, nobody, like, was like, okay, where's the money?
1: And we still don't know. We still don't know. If she was actually kidnapped. If was, yeah. If if sex trafficking was actually going on. Like, what what actually happened with her? Like, yeah. no one knows, right? Yeah. She never was willing to say, like, the real story.
0: Yeah. And so, currently, um, Sherry Papini and her family are in hiding, they moved to a different place or did they move or did they stay in the I think they stayed in the same area but they don't go out mm. they don't do much if they see like if Sherry's seen like I there's a whole subreddit dedicated to this case really? and there was a post that was like look who we saw today at the restaurant and it was her and it was like a big deal
1: mm-hmm. that
0: they went out yeah. so they're kind of keeping it on the DL, hiding. But there
1: were no charges for anyone ever, right? No. For anything. No. Because like they said, they weren't sure, tra- they didn't like actually try to like defraud anybody, right? It wasn't like
0: Right, right.
1: There was no like yeah.
0: Right. So I think the most suspicious thing is this Cameron Gamble dude, but it yeah. also there's pieces to it that they still were... don't add up. Like what? I
1: know. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, just the whole thing. Right? Yeah, like because her, she, her injuries
0: were real. Like, she was... I believe that she was kidnapped. Yeah. And if she wasn't kidnapped, what? Did the husband do it? Did Well,
1: that's what I was thinking, too.
0: Don't you think she'd say something?
1: I don't well, know. Well, I guess you
0: don't know, right? In that situation with all that gaslighting and manipulation, you never know what she... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's the husband.
1: I don't know. It just seems very strange to me that they wouldn't have claimed any of the money from the GoFundMe page. Like if the yeah. if the idea was to get like bulk money out of people for for this thing, then why didn't they like actually get the money? Yeah. You know, I don't know.
0: It's a very, very weird case. And it it's
1: very strange.
0: Just there. Yeah. That's it.
1: Cool. And um, did, did you already say your sources? Or? No,
0: my sources were the Daily Beast, Ranker, Wikipedia and the guardian.
1: Kill. Cool. Key. Okay. <clears throat> I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> okay.
0: So, so yours is murdery, mine yes. is mystery. Yours is murdery.
1: Yes. Uh, mine is definitely murdery. Uh, I am doing a, murder. a a classic uh unsolved murder classic. uh triple murder from <gasps> down under. Uh
0: Australia. In
1: Australia. Australia. Shout out to all our Australian listeners. Um uh,
0: shrimp on the barbie
1: right, shrimp on the barbie to to y'all, mate uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do the Gatton murders uh, it's so really really classic uh australian murder mystery that like people are still talking about nowadays like oh, well over 100 oh, years later that's crazy. so it's also known as the Gatton tragedy the Gatton mystery the murphy murders um so this was boxing day on 18 in 1898
0: the, which is the day
1: after thanks or sorry the day after christmas
0: why is it called boxing day
1: because it's the day in which you you deal with all the boxes of all the things that were bought. Oh. You know, on, you don't deal with it on Christmas Day. You just open the presents, you have fun. The day oh, um, after, you box things up. That's pro Boxing tip, Day.
0: Everybody, uh, wrap your presents in newspaper.
1: <laughs> right. Don't spend a lot of money on wrap. Because you're just going to fucking rip it up. Okay. So this is uh, in the very, very small town of Gatton in uh, Queensland, Australia. Um, and this is a town of about 500 at the time.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So it's a really, pretty, really small it's town, small. but it was like a main like stopping point between Queensland, which is um I think like the um what's the name of the the of the region, but I think it's also like the name of the capital of the region. Okay. And this place called Darling Downs, which I guess is a place where like by the coast where people go on vacation and stuff. I think I may be getting all this wrong. I'm not sure. Anyway, Uh, The important part is that it's, like, a small town, but there are people, like, moving through it all the time, right? Right, right. So, um, Michael Murphy, 29, was home for the holidays, um, visiting with two of his younger sisters, Nora, 27, and Ellen, 18. They had fun on, you know, Christmas. Uh, This was um, the the day after, and they were going to go to this dance at at the local hall, right? Uh So, they left at about 8 p.m., to go to this dance um, in a small cart called a sulky that they had borrowed from their brother-in-law, William McNeil, that had a, a wobbling wheel, uh, which would become important in a little while. When they got to the hall, it was about 9 p.m., and they found out that the dance had been canceled because apparently there just weren't enough women who came oh <laughs> it, it was uh it was a bit of a sausage fest and they were everybody was like eh this ain't so cool <laughs> so they said like go home it's it's fine we won't do it so anyway they get there they leave um they don't show back up at the house okay now these things typically go all night you know big ragers you know around <laughs> christmas um so you know the mom wasn't too worried until you know it was like Seven noon the next day, like okay, where are they? Yeah, you know. Um. So the mom sends William McNeil out the the brother in law to you know find out what happened to them, and he noticed the sulky's quote distinctive tracks turning off the road through a slip rail. So essentially, he was walking along the road to the the town, right? Because mm-hmm. they lived a few miles outside the town, outside of Gatton. And uh, on this farm, and he saw the distinctive tracks, right? Like I said, the wobbling wheel. So he could tell that it was, like, oh, their so particular there. cart. Okay. And that the cart was tur- had turned off at one point onto this little access road, right? This, like, little trail running into the, into the woods. Ominously running into the woods, right, as we'll see. So he follows the tracks about three-quarters of a mile down... And comes upon the scene of a horrible crime. Michael and Ellen's bodies were lying back to back near each other, right? Laying down. Um, Nora was spread out on a blood-soaked rug about 28 feet away. And they were all... Had on their a rug? F- on a rug. And they all had their feet uh, pointing west. So it looked like I they had all may... kind of been posed. Were
0: they in the woods? Yeah,
1: they were in the woods. I think
0: I've heard of
1: this. Yeah, it's it's like a pretty famous one. Um, the Sulky was forming the third wall of a triangle facing south about 18 feet from Michael and 36 feet from Nora. So if you can imagine, Michael and um, Ellen are like here, right, facing like this way, and then um, Nora's over here, and then the Sulky's over here, so it's kind of like a triangle. And um, the horse had also been shot in the head. And was like laying there by the, mm-hmm. you know, still attached to the cart, so uh, sort of weird. William McNeil first ran to the local pub, and like told everyone there what had happened, and he apparently he was like really distraught, like obviously, and, or seemed to be, and then and then he ran to the local authorities, um, and the the police were brought in eventually from Brisbane. Which is a town, you know, like pretty close, like within hundred miles or something. But no investigators actually came onto the scene for two full days later, and we'll we'll see that the investigation was like pretty badly bungled. Do we like know from why? From top to bottom, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll get okay. it. We'll 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 get into it. It was it all kind of came out in this um, commission report that we'll we'll hear about. So when eventually the bodies were you know dealt with, there was an autopsy done by. Uh, this guy named Dr. Von Loesberg from the government medical office at, uh, Ipswich, um, which is another larger town, you know, near there. And what Dr. Van Loesberg found was that Michael had been shot and struck with a blunt instrument on the right side of the head, mm. that Ellen's skull had been fractured by two blows to the left side of the head, um... And that Michael and Ellen had been sitting upright back-to-back when they had actually been killed. And then their bodies were, like, laid out on, oh. you know, laying down on their backs. And that Nora had been struck on the left side of her head, shattering her skull so badly that it actually exposed part of her brain tissue <gasps> as oh. well. So her the left side of her head had just been completely, like, crushed in. Um, so really, really brutal So then they murders. were, like,
0: posed?
1: and then they were kind of posed yeah uh nora had also been strangled with a harness strap that um was never actually recovered i believe and then both women were also probably sexually assaulted um like with with objects not not like um mm. you know yeah as so just really really terrible you know brutal brutal killings um this first autopsy that was done though was pretty clearly um not up to snuff right there were were definite questions about the sort of validity and legitimacy of this initial um examination so the bodies were actually exhumed later on i don't remember how long it was but there was some you know fairly substantial degradation of the bodies that happened before the second um examination and the second examination definitely confirmed that the initial examination was only kind of cursory that it was definitely not it a wasn't real looked into well no the second autopsy actually found another bullet wound in michael's head oh which had been obscured by the blow to the same spot and they also found a bullet in the skull that was not recovered in the first autopsy <laughs> So, so, yeah. They didn't
0: look very hard. Dr.
1: Von Loosberg did not do a very good job, no, in the in the first autopsy. <laughs> he had literally missed the bullet. Um, and there was kind of a big, you know, blame game among the authorities as to who was at fault for this pot- botched post-mortem, right? Like, oh, they didn't tell me this or whatever, misunderstandings. It just, it didn't, it didn't happen, right? And this is, again, also... Indicative of how the police investigation went. It it got off to an equally bad start. Um, So, like I was talking about earlier, William McNeil first contacted Sergeant Errol, um, the local authority, at 9.15 a.m. on December 27th.
0: So, was William McNeil the guy who found them?
1: Yeah, he's the brother-in-law, the one who found them. Okay. And they went to the scene of the crime um, and stayed there for about 30 minutes. But Sergeant Errol didn't take any notes... He didn't clear the crime scene. Mm. Um, He didn't interview anyone. So people are just trampling all around. So they're just
0: there. There's just bodies and people are just like. Yeah. People are (gasps) just
1: like looking around. What the. No attempt to cordon off the crime scene or anything. When did
0: this happen again? 1898.
1: 1898. 1898 wow, yeah wow, wow, wow. no they sh- they should have known better for sure yeah uh, this was not standard procedure like even in a small town in australia in the turn of the 20th century like this was really bad um sergeant errol also this guy just sounds like a fucking idiot honestly
0: like, uh- i'm sorry <laughs>
1: but this, this sergeant errol guy just he sounds like a fucking moron um because he also mistakenly thought that you couldn't that the police couldn't send urgent telegrams. Like, he literally thought that it was against the rules for him to send a telegram marked as urgent. Like, he What's was.
0: What's the logic there?
1: I don't know. But he was like, ar- <laughs> he was, like arguing with William McNeil. You're like, truly baffled. Like, w- like, William McNeil's like, no, like, you need to send uh, to Brisbane. Like, they need to come here, like, quickly. Now. Send it urgent. <laughs> like, three dead bodies. And the policeman's, you know, just like, no, I don't think we can do that. Yeah, that's not a thing. No, I don't want to get in trouble. Like, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? So that was kind of part of why it took so long to get people, you know, to get um, authorities on the scene, right? Like I said, it took two days for them to get there. So they also just waited for a, a reply from the Brisbane Police Department. hmm You know, like I said, Sergeant Errol didn't start doing any of the investigation himself. He was just like, okay, sent the telegram. Let's wait. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. You know, it's, hey, I'm still on vacation, you know. Um, (sighs) Because actually, the reply that they did get, which they got pretty quickly, actually, wasn't opened until the next day, December 28th, because it was a holiday. They were like, okay, we'll just wait. Because, of course, you know that... um, You know, the longer you wait in a murder investigation, the easier things get, right? Oh, of course! (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, this was kind of how it went. Uh, Over the next five months, um, the investigation continued. There were tons of suspects. Um, About 3,000 people were eventually interviewed. Wow. Um, And, of course, a lot of the suspects included the family members, um, people in the town, um, a priest... You know, just different people, but no arrests were ever made. No one was ever, like, really, like, legitimately, you know, like, um, looked into for the crime. Um, there were a couple of main suspects that we'll talk about, though. Before we do, though, just to get a little bit more into, like, how terrible this investigation uh. was. Um, so the, the the public was, like, really outraged about just how terrible this was going. yeah. And, like, <laughs> Three people were killed, there's a killer out on the loose, like what the fuck are you doing? And just how terrible the crimes were. You know, like this really shocked you know, the consciousness of the the people in Australia at the time, as it would at any time in any right. place. Right, I mean right, these right. are terrible, terrible crimes. But especially as you can imagine, in a town of five hundred, right. you know, like people are, are like really fucking freaked out. Um so eventually there was an investigation into the investigation that was done by the Royal Commission in uh eighteen ninety nine the next year, and that um th- that investigation itself found that there were lots of shortcomings in the queensland police department um in the various police departments that were involved here. This was indicative of that, but th- there were like wider issues as well right as you can imagine um, It also found that Daniel Murphy, the brother of Michael Murphy and a police officer, I believe in Brisbane, uh, received a telegram about the murders on December 27th, and he actually attempted to go to Gatton um, pretty early in the day, but the train had already left. So at that Mm. point, he like wanted to do something, right? Because this was like his cousins, I think, that had been killed. Um, He tried to get the criminal investigation branch there in, in, I believe it's in Brisbane, to start uh, working on the case, but there was a rumor that was going around that this, these murders were a hoax.
0: Oh, that I
1: guess. So they like, rumor. yeah. So they didn't actually start working on anything. And then Daniel Murphy left for Gatton on a train later in the day at about five p.m. The head inspector at the criminal investigation branch also didn't immediately take action because he thought it was a hoax. Like he he had heard that rumor. He was told at 4 p.m. that day that the murders were, in fact, not a hoax. Oh, (laughs) God. That that three people were, in fact, brutally murdered in Gatton. Um,
0: Surprise. Yeah.
1: uh, But the commissioner, for some reason, waited until about 9 p.m. to order two detectives to go to Gatton. But they also didn't leave immediately because there was a train leaving at midnight that they could have taken. They waited until the 7.30 a.m. train the next day to go. So just like every point, you know, it it was just like... There were steps
0: that should have been taken but weren't.
1: Exactly. And the Royal Commission describes this. chances
0: to get it, to get on, to do this.
1: Right. And they're just like, at every point, it was just like, nah, meh, we'll wait. We'll take a little longer. And again, as we know, the 24 hours after a murder occurs are the most crucial time well the 24 to 48 hours once you get past that point even in a modern investigation it's it's, it becomes exponentially more difficult right right and as you can imagine in 1898 even more so (laughs) you know like even even the forensics we have now which are extremely flawed they didn't even have that then Right. So the Royal Commission. I did recently learn. (laughs) Yeah. um, Described this whole thing as, quote, a sequence of events as incomprehensible, indicative of the existence of a rotten system of policing and a culpable indifference on the part of Inspector Urquhart to his duty to the public. uh, Close quote. And that was the main um, inspector, the the guy who was kind of in charge of the investigation, uh, Inspector Urquhart, or however you say that name. Um yeah, he, he just did he basically bungled this thing. But there were some suspects that, that did come out of it, right? Okay theories. So we'll we'll kinda get into that now. So lots of people were accused, but there was no real like evidence to tie them to the crime. Uh William McNeil himself, um, the person who comes upon the scene of a crime oftentimes yeah. is the first yeah, suspect, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um the victim's father also was a prime suspect. After a woman said that she heard screams of father that oh, night, oh my gosh! Uh, the town priest was is a, a, another yes, big said, one. Yeah. Uh A spurned lover, uh, a disgruntled family member of one of Michael, one of the victims' dalliances in town, because apparently he would
0: one of sleep... his what? Uh,
1: okay, da- so what Dalliance. You know, no tryst, hookups. Oh. Talking to each other, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> what I mean? So apparently, what what he would do he, he he would sleep around in town a lot. He got some women pregnant, um, so they think so. it, it might have been like revenge for you know one of the the families, right? The, but
0: why everyone?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Opportunity. I'm not sure.
0: Everybody was there. Kill everybody type thing.
1: And one of the perhaps um, one of the crazier theories was that um, okay, it might have been the sister. Of this school teacher that Nora had been having a, quote, psychological battle with what? over the past couple of years. So apparently there was this school teacher that Nora, the, the, the younger sister who yeah. was killed, who was 18, had been having this, like, weird, like, um, fight with where they had been, like, insulting each other, like, spreading rumors um I think there was even, like, a physical altercation that, that happened at That sounds like one point. some
0: petty girl shit that happens all the time.
1: Basically, she was, like, the Cash Me Outside girl.
0: Ew, we don't talk about... Why would you disrespect disres like this podcast? Kind of like that. Say that name.
1: Cash Me Outside, though.
0: Cash Me Outside, <laughs>
1: how about that?
0: How about that? How about
1: that? So, not to make fun of victims, she's def- definitely a victim and br- was brutally killed uh, back in 1898 in Gatton, but... Um, apparently, she may have been uh, a little bit like the "Catch Me Outside" girl. Perhaps, maybe. My theory. That's my theory. Um, and they think that this. Oh, and and I should also mention that that school teacher ended up killing herself.
0: Oh my god!
1: Apparently, because of all this. So the the sister of that woman, they think maybe she had something to do with it. Oh my Perhaps. God. So despite all of this, you know, kind of small town intrigue, the police thought that it was probably just some drifter, right? It's so a very popular theory amongst police. So just That's what some I guy was thinking when you said the town, was, town. A, right. a was a Right.
0: It was a stoplight. It was yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's what the police thought too. So first they thought that it could be this guy Richard Burgess, um 39 who was a kind of a career criminal who happened to be in town at the time, but he had a very solid alibi. Next, uh, and this is kind of the main suspect the, from the time, this guy who was known as Thomas Day. Although he also went by a lot of different aliases in his life.
0: Do we know why?
1: Because he was just kind of a criminal. Oh, okay, okay. Um, So he he would change his name and move around and stuff. So he was actually not looked at very much in the initial investigation, but was identified by the Royal Commission as a prime suspect. He lived in a hut around 900 feet from the murder site oh. um, and had worked for a short while before that as a, um, with a local butcher. And he was possibly seen running after the sulky when Michael, Nora, and Ellen were on their way to the dance and was definitely seen skulking around the area including the little access road leading to the crime scene during that day, right? On the but 27th. He also,
0: oh, he, okay. Where the 26th, So do we know where he was that
1: Not really. Night? No, I mean, but he lived right there. Because if he was right home
0: there. and if he was around, don't you think he'd hear <clears throat>
1: No it? one. Yeah, no one can really substantiate his I guess that's the question, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a witness who also said that they saw him washing blood from his overalls. Like, a few days after the crime occurred.
0: Oh, nice.
1: But he committed suicide not long after the murders happened. So we'll never really know. Hmm. Um, A modern researcher, 85-year-old Brisbane resident Stephanie Bennett, has proposed another suspect. uh, A man named Joe Quinn who is a, quote, swag man.
0: Oh, I know a Joe Quinn.
1: Which is apparently an Australian term, probably the same guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an Australian term for an itinerant laborer common at the time. Um, so this swag man apparently had a local, had a, sorry, long history, uh, criminal history in the area. Um, also went by lots of aliases. And according to Bennett, uh, Stephanie Bennett, Michael Murphy had angered him by exposing his criminal history. Quote: during an altercation in a Long Reach barber shop. Close quote. Four years before the crimes occurred. Mm. So again, who 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 are their enemies? Right. That's what yeah. you always look at, right? And she proposes, um, as Bennett does that he committed the murders that Joe Quinn did as revenge. With the help of some locals, um so there's no you know real proof to support her claims, but she has gotten the approval of at least one living family member named Dennis Couts. Because there's still, like, a lot of, like, discussion of this in the area. Like, even up to now.
0: Yeah, I bet there's, like, ancestors who was like, yeah, that was my great-great-great-great-great-grandma. For
1: sure, yeah. Whoa. Um and, and it's still, like, a big topic of discussion, like, in the area, like, down to this day. So, yeah, that's uh, the Gatton murders. Um, we'll never know for sure, obviously. Yeah, but... that's a frustrating one. Yeah, there's another big research in researcher into it who thinks that it was probably um the local priest who did it so there's just like a lot of different theories the priest
0: one surprised me did you get any more information about why
1: no there wasn't too much more information or there wasn't even a name of who it was but it was just another one um who knows why for sure so my sources uh wikipedia the gatton murders uh page yep yep wikipedia Mary Bobson at New York Daily News, Tim Leslie at Australian Broadcasting Company, uh, Catherine Townsend at CrimeFeed.com, and The Unsolved Mystery of Australia's Grizzly Gatton Murders uh, page on HuffPost. And then th- there were some other ones, too, but I forgot to write them down. Um, yeah, th- there was a good... A, a good um,
0: yeah, did you watch any docs? Oh,
1: no, I think that was the CrimeFeed.com one. Um Anyway, th- th- there was another kind of like discussion that I listened to about it. No, I didn't listen. I didn't watch any documentaries, but I do have some
0: weird, weird shit in, in the, the news. news. Weird shit in the news. Weird. weird shit. Weird shit in the news. Weird. Okay, shit so in the news
1: Mine is from Reuters. Um, it's a Reuters sc- story titled "Scary." Scary lodgers. Frenchman
0: shares
1: scaly, share... scaly, scary lodgers. Thank you. Frenchman shares home with four hundred reptiles.
0: What?
1: Yeah. So what? this guy, um, Philip Gillette, sixty-seven years old. He's a reptile enthusiast, and for over two decades, he has amassed a collection of more than four hundred um, different animals that you know people would not typically want to live with. Right. Where's this guy from? Um, France. Uh, so he's Philippe. Right. Philippe. F- right. Philippe Gillette. Sure. Gillette. Sure, sure. Baguette. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> so he, he has, uh you know, lizards, tarantulas, rattlesnakes. <gasps> he's got two alligators named Allie and Gator, what? of course, who were rescued from a leather farm. Um, and one of them is seven feet long and it sleeps in his bed. Not kidding.
0: I love this guy. And I know, I love right? This man. Philippe,
1: Philippe seems cool, um, and he says, you know, the locals are totally cool with it. They they okay, regularly, right. pop in for coffee, um, and you know, he says he keep, you know keeps them you know the the animals safely away from them uh, when they do come. But he does say that the local fire department is a little bit more cautious. They actually have a standing order not to go into his house even in the case of an emergency. So I guess that's part Ugh. of the deal. <laughs> you can get you can have all of your you know exotic dangerous animals, but uh, if there's a fire, of fuck you, we're not going
0: in there. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want like a gecko or a salamander. I think they're cute. So a snake would be a cool
1: pet, actually. Oh, I love snakes. My cousin Ricky had a snake, had a pet, uh, pet snake for a while. He probably still does.
0: I'm a Slytherin. So yeah, good for you. I have a weird connection to snakes.
1: Right? Can you speak snake?
0: Hiss, hiss, bitch.
1: (laughs) That's it. That's Snake. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: So, I have some weird shit in the news, too. Good. So, at first I was like, oh, this isn't that weird, because I guess that's a thing. But the title is, Superintendent Apologizes After Students Were Served Chili with Kangaroo Meat.
1: Oh, I heard about this.
0: So, apparently, okay, so kangaroo meat, I was, like, really weirded out by it. But it's, like, a thing. Like, that's not uncommon. Like. The comments I was reading were like, "Oh, like kangaroo meat's actually delicious." Right. But yeah, if in... you're one
1: of our Australian listeners and you've had yeah. kangaroo meat, email us and tell us how it is.
0: Yes. So,
1: Mystery murder thing at gmail.com. This
0: was in Nebraska, right? <laughs>
1: like, right. <laughs>
0: like this what? Wasn't,
1: this wasn't in Melbourne. It was in Nebraska.
0: <laughs> um. So Mike Williams, superintendent, uh, said, "We will no way be we we will no way be serving food of this nature again." Period. Uh, he says the head cook added kangaroo because it was a quote very lean meat I just yep I
1: probably I, just stick to the basics
0: yeah I just bet I just bet parents were like you ate what today <laughs> um so my second one is oh. about it's because I it's about oceans uh huh it's called, it's about the, uh this one is also kind of trending. Let me see if I can find it. The Headless Chicken Monster. That's what they are are are, uh, are calling it. It
1: has an actual name. Like it was it has like a, a sea cucumber or Yeah, something. that's like a scientific no, name. No, no, no,
0: I couldn't find one.
1: It. Uh, I, I can't remember it, but it does. It's this weird animal that they captured the second video ever of. Um, yes. In the ocean. Yes. And, uh, and it looks I don't very, think very it strange. it looks like
0: a chicken. It's like bright pink.
1: I don't think it looks like a chicken either. And it
0: looks like a little blob thing. It's kind of cute. Yeah. I can't find the article anyway.
1: I had one other one. I found it. Okay. Go.
0: Um, headless chicken monster uh, of the deep caught on camera in the southern ocean. So... Yeah, so it was first filmed last year in the Gulf of Mexico, and then they just recently found it. So, it swims, unlike most sea cucumbers. Uh, and it says the availability of cheap smartphone-like cameras is helping scientists uncover Antarctic marine life. Which, I don't know, that's pretty cool. I think so. Ooh, ooh, look at it move. <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, look, look up the video of it. It's it's pretty weird, pretty strange. Um, so I I had one just real quick. Uh, it's a story by Sean Keen at CNET. Uh, NYPD pulls thousands of body cameras from streets after cops explodes.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. What kind of problems is that going to cause?
1: So apparently, this officer's body camera started um started uh, smoking. And then he was like, oh, fuck, and, like, took it off and threw it down, and then it exploded.
0: So they pulled all of them?
1: Yeah, they pulled 2,990 of these types out of 16 precincts in New York, out of the 15,500 body cameras that are deployed across all of the NYPD. So this was about a third of the total body cameras that were in use. Now, of course, we know body cameras, they're not always on... They're not always used properly. Sometimes, even as in the case of the officer who killed Quan McDonald, they will refute the evidence from them, even when it's clear. So, obviously, body cameras are not a panacea, right? But they at least shouldn't explode. One would hope. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, that's scary. Yeah,
1: so apparently apparently these are going to be, you know, they're going to get, like, replacements for them, I guess. So, yeah, um... So, yeah, I think that's... Uh, I think we're, that's uh, the pod. That's the pod. Thank you for listening. Team
0: Mystery. Yay,
1: Team Mystery.
0: I said that every time we say Team Mystery, we have to high-five.
1: And every time we high-five, we have to say Team Mystery. Team Mystery. Um, okay, I think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, you guys. Yes,
0: for real. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. I'll post a picture of the little sea cucumber. Here.
1: Do it. Um, and, yeah, it's... Um, you know, we're just we're just like trying keep keep making good good stuff for y'all and uh
0: Tell all your friends.
1: Tell your friends and Happy um, Halloween. Of course happy Halloween. We will be
0: uh putting oh, yeah. out an episode on Halloween. Oh
1: that's right. It's gotta
0: We should dress up.
1: Should we even
0: though no one can see us.
1: Should we make it Halloween themed?
0: <gasps> yes.
1: Halloween mysteries.
0: Halloween mysteries. We have Halloween to find
1: something. Oh, go see the new Halloween movie. It was really good, I thought. I thought it was good. Um Halloween, the original is like my favorite, uh my favorite, you know, Halloween movie, horror movie. Um So yeah, that's uh I guess that's probably it's probably about it. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Pretty good. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.